Good morning, Harvest Christian Fellowship. It is very good to see you wonderful and beautiful people across the screen today, and you are looking amazing this morning. Thank you for signing on. Thank you for being a part of our service today. I'm really, really glad that you're here, and I'm super honored to get to speak again today. Thank you so much, Pastor Roy and Chris and our whole leadership team for allowing me to speak. It's really my privilege and such an honor to have this opportunity. And today I am speaking in our series, Enemies of the Heart, which is a book that we've been reading by Andy Stanley. And we've spoken so far about guilt, which Frankie spoke really, really well on. And then Ryan spoke last week on anger. And today we're talking about greed, <laughs> which is not such a fun subject, but it's gonna be a really, really amazing message. And I believe you're gonna get something out of it. Some people are gonna be a little more free after today. So really lean in and hear what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you. And before I jump into the content, I actually wanna read a Psalm that kind of stuck out to me as I was preparing this message. And I just feel like it sort of encompasses all that we've been doing throughout this series, the last series, and all that we're doing as we amp up for September. And September, we keep talking about it, and it's this like really cool, but like really kind of mysterious thing. Like we're all like, yeah, I'm excited. I don't really know what's gonna happen, but we're all kind of in the same boat. And I feel like that's a little bit like what following Jesus is about. It's like this huge mystery but it's a huge adventure and we know that God is so good and what he has in store for us is good. And so I just wanna read this Psalm over us as I pray and as we get into the word today. So Psalm 51 verse five and six says, Lord, I've been a sinner from birth, from the moment my mother conceived me. I know that you delight to set your truth deep in my spirit. So come, this is our prayer today, come into the hidden places of my heart and teach me wisdom. God, as we have been praying dangerous prayers, and as we've been allowing you to reveal the enemies that are stuck in our heart, I just pray that today you would give us freedom from the things that we've been battling, God, and give us the boldness to see the things that are in our heart that are not of you, like guilt, like anger, like greed, like jealousy, God. Help us to see them and have the courage to see them in order to get free from them. And God, I thank you that you're going to set your truth deep in our spirit and deep in our heart today. We love you, Jesus. I pray that you just have your way this morning in every heart with every person watching. And Lord, would you just take these words and make them something significant for whoever is watching. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you guys ready? Let's do this. Okay, we're going to start with story time with Jesus. Don't you love how in the New Testament there's like so many times when Jesus is out with his people and then he just tells a story and it usually has some incredible lesson in it that like blows everybody's mind. So we're going to look at one of those stories today. A lot of times in the Bible they're called parables, but it's basically it's just a story with an illustration. So we're going to read from Luke. So if you've got your Bibles, just open it up to Luke in the New Testament. Luke 12, 16 to 21. And I'm going to read from the Passion Translation which is not like a super, super accurate translation of the Bible. It's a little bit more like a paraphrase, but it's just done in really modern language, super easy to understand. And I just thought it'd be cool to read from that perspective today. So let's jump in. Jesus gave them this illustration. A wealthy landowner, let's give this guy a name. Let's call him Bob, okay? Bob had a farm and it produced bumper crops. 
Now, this should be a really easy translation, but as soon as I read bumper crops, I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but it basically just means he had a surplus of grain. Like what he brought in for that harvest was like way beyond what he was expecting. So in fact, it filled his barns to overflowing. Bob thought, what should I do now that every barn is full and I have nowhere else to store more? I know what I'll do. I'll tear down the barns and build one massive barn that will hold all my grain and goods. Then I can just sit back, surrounded with comfort and ease. I'll enjoy life with no worries at all. Kind of sounds good, Bob. I kind of like this idea. <laughs> but then God said to him, what a fool you are to trust in your riches and not in me. This very night, the messengers of death are demanding to take your life then who will get all the wealth you have stored up for yourself? It's another way of saying it like, like you fool, you're gonna die this very night, so who's gonna get everything you just worked for? This is what will happen to all those who fill up their lives with everything but God. <sighs> all right, Bob, what's going on? <laughs> so when I read this, part of me is like, what went wrong? Like, where did Bob go wrong? Like, why does God call him a fool? And I want to just start off by saying greed is bad. The very, de let's just put that out there. The very definition is a selfish desire for something, especially wealth, power, or even food. So it's very selfish, it's needy, it's I want. And um, we've been talking about like a debt to debtor relationship with all of the themes that we've been talking about. And guilt says, I owe you, anger says you owe me, greed says I owe me. All right, so it's very like selfish. So greed is bad, but virtue is good. And here's a key that like kind of blew my mind when I was reading this, is that greed can oftentimes be disguised as a virtue. So here's a question for you. Let's take a financial example. When you don't have enough or when you are lacking or when your bank account is getting low and the bills are piling high, usually you're probably gonna let God know about it, right? You're gonna pray and you're gonna be like, God, like this is my situation, I am in need, I don't have enough, please you need to come and help me, I know you're my provider, blah, 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 blah. We pray when we don't have enough. What about when we have more than enough? What about when we get an extra paycheck at work what about when someone gives us um, a financial gift? What about those scenarios? Is our first reaction when we receive more than enough, is our first reaction to go to God and say, thank you, God. Also, what do you want me to do with this? Because I think this is sort of the key, is that Bob the farmer, <laughs> he didn't really talk to God about what he should do with the extra that he had. He had all of it planned out already, and it was all for selfish gain. It was also he could live really easy. It was so that, you know, he could be comfortable. I don't know that for even a second he thought about, oh my goodness, like, God, what's your plan for this extra? And I just wonder sometimes, we have extra, and like, I'm in this boat too, I have extra sometimes, and it's like, God, forgive me, because I never even ask you what you want me to do with it. And just think, if we were to come to God first and say, God, this is extra that's been given to me, what do you want me to do with it? 
Because another thing in this story is that Bob the farmer, he had this amazing payday, right? Everything is extra, life is good, it's looking amazing, but little does he know he's gonna die that very night and not even get to enjoy any of his material goods. And life is so temporary. And I know maybe that's like sensitive because of COVID and I'm not trying to like scare anybody, but the reality is our days are numbered and we don't actually know how long we're gonna be here. And all of this stuff that we try to get our hands on, actually, we can't even take it with us, just as a reminder, in case you forgot, when you die, <laughs> you're not gonna take your wardrobe with you. You're not gonna take your bank account. You're not gonna take your cool car. It's all temporary. And there's this thought in the book too, that's like, we don't own all the stuff that we have access to. It's kind of like we're temporary managers. And if you shift that perspective, I think we're gonna look at material things a little bit differently. Another thing is that greed is fueled by fear, but we as Christ followers need to be fueled by love. So I think we've kind of figured out a little bit of what greed looks like. Now it's gonna get a little more real, <laughs> but be prepared, it's okay. We're all in this together, it's gonna to be fine. I'm just gonna give you really, really quickly eight points that are signs of a greedy person. And I just want you to listen as I read these and just be really open to, to hear if the Holy Spirit sort of says, hey, maybe that's a little bit in you and that's something we need to work on because that's what happened to me when I read these. <laughs> so let's um, read them and just sort of listen to the Holy Spirit and see if he wants to talk to you about anything. Firstly, greedy people talk and worry a lot about money. And greedy people are not cheerful givers and they are reluctant to share. Now here's the one that actually really got me. <laughs> greedy people quibble over insignificant amounts of money. When I read that, I was brought back to a memory of shopping as a teenager. And I'm like embarrassed that I even remembered this because I was like, oh my goodness, this tells me that I'm holding on to this like a little piece of history and I'm super greedy about it and it's so not okay. <laughs> so it's good, it's revealing it to me so that I can release it to God. But I remembered shopping as a teenager with one of my friends and for whatever reason, we both bought something and I ended up covering the cost with her promise to pay me back. And it was all fine until she never paid me back, she never paid me back, she never paid me back. And I'm a little bit silly because I definitely could have brought up the subject of, hey, you owe me it was such a small amount of money, it's crazy, it's so small. And she would have paid me back if I had mentioned it, but I was like, oh, I don't need to mention it. But she still owes me, but I don't need to mention it. And so this says like greedy people quibble over insignificant amounts of money. And I, I just wanna throw back to Ryan last week who talked about how anger was something that was simmering under the surface for him. And I think that's my case as well. It's kind of like we're related or something. Um, how greed was simmering under the surface and I just sort of let it sit there and I didn't address it and I didn't say that that's what it was, but it was like some memory was stuck in me of that person still owes me like $10 or less, whatever it was, it was stupid, because of that one scenario. And it was really revealing to me to notice, oh my goodness, I have hung on to little things that really don't matter, but I guess I'm keeping track of some of my finances in a negative way. So instead, we're gonna get to this in a second, but I just chose to release it to her and just say, 
you know what, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> and like, forgive me God for hanging on to it for that long. Okay, let's read a few more of these. Greedy people talk as if they just have enough to get by. Greedy people won't let you forget what they've done for you. Greedy people are reluctant to express gratitude because they think it's rightfully theirs. Greedy people are not content with what they have. Honestly, I think there might be a little bit of this in almost everybody because we always kind of want something, the next phone, the next cool piece of clothing or whatever it is. Um, but in that same passage we read earlier in Luke, just before that story, it says this, speaking to the people, Jesus continued, be alert and guard your heart from greed and always wishing for what you don't have. For your life can never be measured by the amount of things you possess. I think that answers it beautifully right there. And the last one is, greedy people attempt to control others with their money. Okay, so we've read all about the signs of a greedy person. And if you feel convicted by any of those, don't worry. We're going to figure out what the cure is for greed right now. And the cure is generosity. And I'm actually pumped to talk to you about generosity because it is a really exciting journey to begin if you haven't started it already. And so I wanna give you three practical steps on how you can begin to be generous. And let me just say that you're not necessarily going to just feel like a generous person because you decide to. You're actually gonna to have to act out in generosity probably before you feel like being generous but I really believe that your feelings will eventually follow and your faith is gonna build and you will become a generous person. But let's follow these three steps. So the first one says, being generous impacts my lifestyle. And that basically means that once you decide to be generous, you're probably gonna be interrupted in your day. Things are probably gonna be a little bit inconvenient or cost a little bit more when you decide to be generous in the Tim Hortons drive-through and pay for the person behind you. Or let's not just talk about money, let's talk about time and words. Maybe you've really needed to call that like distant family member, but you know they're gonna need to talk for hours, but you decide to be generous with your time and you call them up and you just listen and you be a good friend and you be a good family member. Sometimes generosity, you know, like generosity and money is actually not always the hardest thing to do, I think. It can be really difficult, but what about generosity, like I said, with your time, with your words? What if you decide to give somebody hours of your time that you know they can never repay time, but you just decide to be generous? Or what about that person that really needs encouragement and you may not be feeling full of faith or whatever, but you decide to just be generous and speak life into them? And so being generous should impact our lifestyle. It's gonna impact our day-to-day -day life and our day-to-day -day finances and how we manage our time and our words. Number two, being generous can start small, but it's gonna grow and it's gonna grow consistently. So what I mean by that is, you know, you don't have to give a million dollars in the next offering. <laughs> probably because we don't maybe all have that amount of money, but start with the amount that God tells you to give. And it's, it's not even about the amount, it's just about our obedience to God. And 
as you begin to give and as you begin to develop habits of generosity, you actually can watch it grow over time, which is really cool. And I think just for me personally, I remember being a pretty like fairly young Christian in the church and experiencing God saying like, hey, I want you to give $20 in the offering. And like maybe, I don't remember specific moments, but at one point that would have been a lot of money for me, but I would give it. And it would be a bit painful, but I would give it anyway, and I would choose to trust God, and I would choose to give cheerfully. And sometimes giving cheerfully, I think, is like, God, I trust you with this. I'm not necessarily like full of joy all of a sudden, but I choose to just trust you and choose joy that, God, you're going to take care of me regardless of whatever happens because I'm obeying you in this. And then there'd be other times in my walk with God where God would say, hey, I want you to give this amount of money. And it was a whole lot more than $20. And at first it's really hard and it's like, God, that's really painful and that costs me something. But he's like, yeah, but I'm gonna take care of you and I'm gonna bless you back. And little do you know what's gonna happen because of this sacrifice. And then even further down the road, I would find God prompting me, hey, I want you to give this amount of money and it was bigger than the rest of them. But over time, it's like I see God's hand in the principle of generosity and it actually becomes a little easier and I get a little quicker pulling out money from my wallet or whatever it is because I'm like, yeah, God, I know you're in this. I know I can obey you. I know I can trust you. So start where you are. Start with what God wants you to give. It doesn't matter the amount. It it just matters if you're going to obey or not. And so start small and then watch it grow and watch your faith grow alongside that. And number three Being generous starts right now. And again, this is not a message about money. Please, please know that. Because greed is not a finance issue. It's a heart issue. It's about your motivation. But being generous starts now. And I remember being in college in a chapel service. And every week they would do this little, I guess, sort of plug. And they would talk about offering. And they would ask for an offering from the college body. And I remember sitting there one time and I was like, oh, you know what? Like, God, you know I don't have a job right now (laughs) or whatever it was. And it was like, God, you know, I can't give right now. But like when I have money, I will give and it'll be great. And like, I'll be generous, all that stuff. While I'm having this internal dialogue, the person on stage says, you know, there is never a good time to be generous. (laughs) And that totally woke me up because it's true. There's never like a convenient time where it's like, oh, now I can afford to be generous because I think it's always going to cost us something. But that's okay because God has so much good in store for us. And if we'll just obey him, and again, that doesn't necessarily mean finances specifically, but it could mean time or words or resource or anything. But being generous starts now and it's going to be inconvenient, but it's going to be inconvenient whenever you do it. (laughs) It's not like you're ever going to have enough money to then be generous. Um, And speaking of being generous with time and your words, I don't know if you've seen the new movie, I think it's called A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood and it's about Mr. Rogers who had a kids TV show and it was just like, he's just this very kind, human, beautiful character. And in the movie, he's on the phone with this magazine reporter and the reporter's kind of a no-name guy and he's like trying to get a story And they're having this conversation. Obviously, Mr. Rogers is like a busy guy. Like, he's got a lot going on. He has his own TV show. But in the conversation, um, Mr. Rogers says to the guy, 
You know, the most important thing in my whole world right now is talking to you on the phone. And I remember watching it, I was like, oh my goodness, Mr. Rogers, can you call me? Because I want you to say that to me. <laughs> but it just made me think, oh my goodness, if we would view the people that we're interacting with, the meetings we have, the conversations we have, and think right now, this person has my full attention. Right now, this is what I'm putting all my focus and energy in. And that doesn't mean that you totally neglect your responsibilities as a mom or a dad or a family member or whatever. But I think there is space for us to be, again, generous with time and just zero in on the people because you know what it's like having a conversation with someone who's not really there and it doesn't really feel good. But what if we can be generous people who just place value on people and say, I'm here for you and I wanna to listen to everything you have to say. Because I think Jesus does that for us as well. And ultimately Jesus is the example when it comes to generosity. I mean, just think about the cross, the price he paid for all of us for our sins. He is so full of generosity and grace and models it so well. And as Christ followers, we are becoming more and more like him. And Proverbs 11:24 says this, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. In my experience as a Christ follower, I have never regretted a moment of generosity. And I'm sure many of you would agree with that, that I've never regretted putting money into the offering, spending time with somebody in church. I've absolutely never regretted being generous. And I believe that's gonna be your story as well, that as you start on this journey of generosity, if you haven't started it already, you're never gonna regret it. And by the way, for those of you who I know are already on this journey, you're already generous, like beyond anything. Keep listening to God because I believe he always wants us to grow and he always wants us to mature and see what else he wants us to do. And it's super exciting. And like I said, generosity is like addicting once you get into it because it builds your faith and it grows you so much. And I mentioned Jesus and the price he paid on the cross. And I just wanna to talk to anyone this morning who maybe doesn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've heard a lot of this stuff, but you've been, never received the generous gift of new spiritual life in God. And if you haven't, I'd be so, so happy to pray a prayer with you, just inviting Jesus into your life if you've never done that before. So let's pray these words together. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose again and you're alive today. I invite you into my life. I choose you, I trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer today, so many of us are absolutely ecstatic about that. So you can either throw in the comments or you can get in contact with us because we'd actually love to celebrate this with you. We'd love to give you a Bible. We'd love to just set you up in your walk with Jesus. And Harvest, I just wanna pray for us that we would just let go of greed and let go of those selfish things and that we'd become generous people. And Harvest, honestly, I believe we are generous people. 
but maybe God wants us to take a step further. Maybe he wants us to grow our faith a little bit more. Maybe he wants us to be a little bit more crazy and outrageous when it comes to giving financially with our time or with our words of encouragement. So I'm gonna pray for us today. Jesus, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for all that you've given us and thank you for the model that you are of generosity. And God, we just say today that we're pushing away greed. We're done with that. We're done with those selfish ways. And instead, God, we choose generosity. And God, we're open to those times of inconvenient conversations or inconvenient times where we, where we give financially or we give our time. God, we wanna be generous people and we wanna be people whose hearts are clean from greed and from all these other things we've talked about because God, we wanna be ready for what you call us to do at any point in time. So God, I just pray blessing over your people this morning. God, would you anoint them for the days to come, for the weeks to come, for the months to come. I just pray even for parents right now, God, that are stressing about September and back to school and their kids. God, would you just give them grace? Would you give them wisdom, God? Would you just speak and whisper to their hearts, God, that you've got them? You care about their kids and you care about their kids' education. God, would you just bless them this morning? We love you, Jesus, and we look forward to all you're gonna do in Jesus' name, amen. I love you so much, Harvest. I hope you have an amazing week and let's go be generous.